0: Hmm. I think impatience is such an aggressive, reactive way mm. to be to each other. It's spewing out toxins and 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 that when we are impatient with others, i I think it's like we're treating others like they're they're disposable, and it's certainly not loving.
1: Welcome everybody to this episode of The Need for Patience and this episode is part of the pandemic series that I'm doing to help us move through this challenging aspect of our life right now. We all, I'm sure on many levels, are feeling nervous and anxious and edgy and fearful and impatient, especially about our futures and our loved ones' futures And today I have a conversation with my wife, Rainbow, and we discuss the need for patience and how impatience can rear its head every day. Because most of the time, it is patience, not love, that runs out. And patience is one of the pillars of day-to-day life that must be recognized and cultivated. I also believe that solid relationships are built on solid individuals so, to bring the best version of ourselves into relationships, we sometimes need to work on ourselves first, right? We all know that. And patience builds character and it fosters love. Before we get out to the conversation, there's a couple of house cleaning things I'd like to get out. During this pandemic, I have taken my counseling and consulting practice fully online or by phone now, no in person services. So, If you are interested in my services, you can contact me at heartsharecounseling.com. And in the past, I have answered some listeners' relationship questions on some of my podcasts. So if you have a relationship question that you would like answered on a future podcast, you can go to my website, heartsharecounseling.com, click on the podcast page and scroll down there will be a button for you to leave a voice message of a relationship question. So don't be shy, I would love to answer it. And in order to continue producing this podcast in a professional way with high sound quality and editing and excellent show notes, I rely on the generosity of you, my listeners, in the form of donations. So I would like to thank a few people who have recently donated. Caroline and Brianna. And if you feel that you and your relationships have benefited from my podcast and you are inclined to help in this manner, you can go to my website, hardsharecounseling.com, click on support the podcast page. A reoccurring monthly donation or one-time donation helps secure that I can continue producing these podcasts and offer free subscriptions worldwide. So thank you so much, everybody. Well, I hope that you and your loved ones are healthy and safe. I truly do. And I know that we will get through this challenge as a world community. And it is my belief that it is our relationships that will be a big factor in how well we do that. So thanks for being interested in bettering your relationships. You are part of the change. All right. So enjoy this episode, this conversation I have with my wife on the need for patience. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay, here we go, babe. We're going into our fifth week of staying at home around this pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and we are being tested on our patience. Yep. Even as we were preparing for this podcast here.
1: Yeah. Just like everybody else, I think everybody's probably nodding out there, patience is, is running thin and we know that it is so needed uh, right now.
0: Mhm. I I feel this patience here is You know, last week we were talking about grumpiness and patience is right on the heels of that, moving into this fifth week for us.
1: Yeah. I think patience is something that I think we all wish that we had more. I know that I wish that I was more patient. I really admire people that are patient. And I admire you when you're patient. It inspires me and motivates me to be more patient.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's a lifelong work to uh, keep working on our patience. What I do like is that it seems like we take turns being calm and centered and patient. When one is losing it, the other one is more calm and centered, yeah. and we're inspiring each other.
1: And it's a skill. That's that's why I like I like the definition of. That patience is a skill that helps us tolerate unpleasant situations over which we may or may not have control. And right now, we know we don't have a lot of control. That's what's fueling a lot of impatience too. We don't know when this is going to end or what transformations are happening or what changes in our life. So we feel out of control. And that's also when patience is most needed. And I also think that patience is different than being passive, you know, being passive in some way, you're just allowing things to happen as opposed to being proactively calm, being proactively present, letting some things go, knowing intuitively when to say something, when not to say something. And in some work with my class this week, some of the impatience is showing up in small things and also bigger things. You might consider this a small thing, but this can also perpetuate into a lot of explosion. One of my clients was talking about how her frustration and her impatience went off when she saw her partner's shoes in the middle of the hallway and she's repeatedly asked her to move the shoes. She said how much that bothered her and she went off on her partner and they got into a big argument. I can understand, that's frustrating, I told her. I definitely understand that that's frustrating. And there's something about, well, hey, if you want those shoes moved, you can move them. I know that it's uh, something that you wish that your partner did, but people aren't perfect, and people have their fallibilities. But um, if we really want something to change, sometimes that we have to do it.
0: Actually, I did bump into your shoes in the hallway today.
1: Well, then, did you just move them?
0: I kicked them out of the way. I was considering if I should say something to you, but honestly, I was like, gosh, it's such a minor detail.
1: Right, it is. I mean, it's not something that, is this something that I do all the time? Do I leave my shoes all over the place? hmm <laughs> Oh, my. No. We have a shoe rack, and I put this, all my shoes are over there. Maybe I have a few shoes here and there that just kind of get, they, they walk somewhere on their own
0: well often once you've gone to work i move some of your things around from the coffee table and from the chair where you always dump your bag and your hats and your jacket and that and i just have this tendency to move it and put it in its place and then lately i've just thought about hmm you know there's this possibility with this virus here that it could be fatal for one of us and it just really made me stop in my tracks and not move your things and be appreciative of that you put your marks around the house and if you weren't here I would really find it charming that your things were scattered on the table and around the house. And I would miss that. So it has made me stop moving your stuff. Mm,
1: Nice. No more moving my cheese around. I like that.
0: And I know you have told me not to move your stuff. Now and then you remind me of doing that. And then I forget. And I just have this impulse in me to clear and clean and move things. Mm. And then I realized lately here also, it's so disrespectful because it's also your space and I shouldn't move your stuff.
1: Thanks, that feels good. But that analogy that you were saying, um, I love that you went to that place. That's actually what I told my client about what if their partner died the next day everybody that listens to the podcast know that i use that a lot that awareness of that we could we or our partner could how do we want to then come and be showing up in life in that way and it's a precious thing to be able to go back and say well wait a second I'd be really different if this happened if my partner died i would maybe not be as impatient or i would tolerate a lot more i'm sure that maybe you know, if I died, you'd want to bronze of those shoes and, and, and the things that I have around just to keep it in a, maybe a sacred altar or something.
0: Mm-hmm. I might hang them on the wall.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to say also that because of the world turned upside down right now, and I'm just thinking even more about little impatient things with each other, is it really worth it? And that like today when we were walking on the road and I was thinking about those daily small issues, repetitive, that comes up again and again for us. Like, for example, when we're in the living room and I'm shouting a question out to you across the long room. And uh, you're sitting and doing your thing, and I can't hear what you're saying, so I'm asking one more time. And you're answering again, and maybe I can't hear it again. And then you answer again, and you might get a little impatient. Or if I finally hear it, I might get a little sharp and impatient in my reply back because it was a little annoying. We had to go back and forth two or three times. See, those things I want to catch. So I was saying that to you as we were walking, and I was even coming up with the solution of how we could catch it and turn it around, because I said, I think this issue is because we're not having eye contact when we're shouting or saying, asking across the room. And maybe you're looking into your phone or your computer, And so we're not having eye contact. Maybe you're even preoccupied with something and I'm not even checking to see if you're available. So I said to you, I think we should uh, make more of an effort of uh, looking at each other.
1: I thought that was a great idea. I was really looking forward to that happening.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, we were really fresh on that. So we walk home and lo and behold, Four hours later, when I was cooking dinner, I was even standing with my back towards the living room. You were sitting over in the sofa on the computer, and I just start asking a question to you. And you got a little impatient because you were having a a little conversation going on
1: your phone. Well, first, when you asked that question, I answered it. And then you came back and, and said that sounded like you didn't hear it. So I asked, it, I answered it again. And then you said to me, aren't you getting a little impatient here? We're talking about the podcast on impatience and patience. And I said, well, wait a second now. You just asked me the question with your back to me. You're looking at the, the kitchen sink and you asked that question to me. Didn't you say, a few hours ago that you were going to turn around and check, because I was actually right in the middle of writing an email when I answered it.
0: Yes, I know. <laughs> Gosh, embarrassing. Yeah,
1: You owned it, though. That was good. You owned it. You said, yep, I should have done that. That's exactly what I said to turn it around. Mm-hmm. And so we had a little flare up of a moment of impatience, but we, we caught it. And we realized that we could change it around.
0: Yeah, gosh, I got impatient with you. I got a little root. And there you were having that conversation going. Yeah. So, yeah, I apologized immediately when I realized that.
1: Yeah, we kind of laughed it off because we talked about how you just spoke about that, that that was going to be something that you were going to put some attention
0: to. Oh, well, here we go. Another story for the podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think everybody can relate to that, those little things that just start to get this little back and forth that really don't have, that's kind of mundane, it's not a big subject, and then boom, it, because people feel, I, you know, you can feel disrespected, you can feel not seen when somebody's not paying attention and impatience comes up around that. And I think what's so interesting is we go up and down around that throughout the day. I know I've been spending more time meditating and that's a huge plus for me around being more patient. I mean, I'm sitting on a freaking cushion for at least 20 minutes. I wanna get out of there within five minutes at times, and I know I gotta be patient with myself and just stay and stay, knowing that little gong timer is gonna go off. So I'm going through this impatience and patience around just meditating. And when I'm doing more of that, I know I have more of the ability to just stay and observe and allow and not quickly come in. So I know throughout the day I'm showing more patience, but then when something comes in that I'm unconscious about, that's also when I think patience can go out the door.
0: hmm yeah, I can certainly feel the difference when you have meditated. You're much more pleasant to be around. And myself, when I do something to calm myself down and regroup myself and center myself. So sometimes I just have to walk out of the room and go puddle around with my plants or something and then come back in again to start on afresh with you because you deserve that.
1: Yeah, because I know when we act impatiently towards each other, it can be extremely hurtful. And I think impatience and love do not correlate well. Patience and love correlates very well.
0: hmm yeah, and we're gonna invest meaningful time with each other, and try to be our best when we are together, and gotta step out of the room and regroup ourselves mm-hmm. if we're heading down the wrong lane.
1: And we all know that as stress increases, our patience and decrease. So right now in this time that everybody's experiencing, there's a heightened sense of stress. Heightened sense of anxiety. So, of course, patience is going to decrease. And I think we have to have patience with ourselves around that. So, some of it also starts off with our own patience with ourselves. I know that when I have more patience for my own self criticism, things that I'm not getting done, things that I wish I would be doing different, if I have more patience for myself, I'm gonna have more patience for others and more patience for you. When I accept my fallibilities of being a human being and not being perfect, I'm going to also accept yours. Mm.
0: I love when you're patient with me. It feels so good. It's like a gift you're giving me. It is like you're looking at me and infusing me with your patience. It feels like love beaming out of you when you're patient, when you know I'm a little insecure about something or ungrounded or so, and you beam that that patience towards me, and I feel the healing coming to me, and I I just, yeah, I feel better. It's a gift.
1: Mm, Yeah, I like when I'm that, that way. I really feel like I'm a loving partner, and that's something that I focus on, and I tell other people and my clients that, hey, if you wanna be a patient person, what does that look like in your life? You know, look at incidences of opportunities for you to be patient in those circumstances so you can actually see yourself be patient. Because I know for myself, I can't just meditate on patience. I can't just say I wanna be more patient. I need to look at a circumstance that I wasn't patient in and say, wow, I can do that differently. I can be, this is the way I can be more patient or a situation that's coming up and I say, I wanna be more patient, this situation is coming up, how can I be more patient? And one way for me is also relaxing my body, making sure that my body and my nervous system is calm so that the emotions that come up or surprises that come up that I don't like, that I want things to be different, then my body helps regulate that.
0: Mm -hmm. I think, impatience is such an aggressive reactive way Mm. to be to each other it's spewing out toxins and when we are impatient with others I, i think it's like we're treating others like they're disposable and it's certainly not loving
1: it's not loving at all and i think also there's like an addictive nature of um anger and irritation and even like outrage. And I think in some ways those are the cousins that spur impatientness. We have to understand how anger comes into play around impatience.
0: Mm-hmm. I know it can give a nice little rush, the impatience and the anger there.
1: Yeah, there's a righteousness to it too. Sometimes I know I feel like I have a right to be impatient with you. I mean, how I used to be impatient when you were late and and just coming out of the house, and I would let that rack myself and my body, and i get all bent out of shape, and we're going out on a date, and we're supposed to have a wonderful time together, and it starts off really shitty. I I did not like that in the past.
0: Mm, I hated that, getting into the car, and there you were,
1: Yeah,
0: we are five minutes late, or we are fifteen minutes late. Yeah, fifteen, maybe
1: fifteen. But it was also just the back and forth, and the back and forth, that I just felt. I felt disrespected, and I had to realize not to take that personally. You just were like doing your thing.
0: I had some things to do before we could leave the house. Yeah,
1: and that was the thing about just like like learning patience around some characteristic personality trait they have about, about lateness. Mm-hmm. And I just had to accept it because there's so many beautiful things about you. Why am I focusing on that one that irritates me instead of all the other things that I care and love about you and I'm, I admire you? It's much better for me to focus on those.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> it's much nicer. And I also wanted to say, you know, around this thing where you are sitting and waiting in the car for me, and one way that we have come to deal with this too is that I've spoken up and asked for help Right. so that you don't go to the car so early, but you actually help out a little bit more in the house with those things I feel need to be done before we can leave the house for the day.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people can relate because I hear other partners saying, yeah, my partner's so OCD when they're trying to get out of the house. They're like checking all the doors, all the like sockets to make sure everything is off and it's like okay so they need to do that to feel safe
0: but maybe you could help each other doing that
1: Mm -hmm. right instead of just like sitting in the car and playing you know drumming on the steering wheel while you're waiting for the other person to you know get out of the house it's it's not a good setting for connection
0: no it's much nicer to to prepare the house together before leaving Mm Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of people also when they're together now, I hear too that they're losing patience around cooking. Cooking together, some people have this focus of, oh, it's going to be a connecting thing that we're going to do together. Others is like, you know what, let's throw it in the oven and eat and let's get on with it, as opposed to it being a connective experience together. And people get really impatient around doing things differently in the kitchen or maybe one person is more skilled or apt at cooking and so they're maybe dictating and tell the other person exactly how to cut the tomatoes and what they want and what they need and so impatient flares up especially around that
0: mm-hmm. yeah so how are we doing in the kitchen now love
1: I, I think we're doing great in the kitchen i mean we've been doing this for many years in the beginning i think it was really challenging for me because you gave me several tasks right up front to do because you were a chef. You were a great cook. I wasn't at all. And you, through the years, have kind of titrated it and just gave me little bits of information to do the next step and the next step. And now I feel very comfortable in the kitchen. I feel comfortable cleaning in the kitchen. I feel comfortable uh, experimenting. And I love the energy that we that we now have in the kitchen because I really realize that it's not about just getting the food ready and eating. It is an experience that we're going to share and it shows how willing we are to be kind to each other, how willing we are to help and to show up in our relationship right there in the moment of cooking. Mm -hmm. And especially infuse the the food with that kind of good energy instead of funky energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and also checking in with each other. So what do you feel for doing right now? Do you want to... Do the kale or the mushrooms or do you want to go pick the lettuce in the garden?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not make it about a power struggle. You know, that one person is is needing it just a certain way as opposed to what you just said of asking and making suggestions. How would you like this? What do you feel for instead of it's got to be this way and it's got to be that way?
0: And, mm-hmm. and oh I know gosh, I used to be so controlling with that. And it feels so much better to ask, what do you yeah. like to do?
1: And I know it's frustrating for people, especially that have kids and so forth, and they really want their partners to help out in the kitchen and just kind of get it done. But if we're always going through that mode of being so fast in our life, of just getting it done, it is gonna, that stress is gonna increase our impatientness. And parents know that a lot, how impatient we can be with our kids. It's really sad that we know, but I believe all parents feel guilty when we're impatient. We don't want to be impatient with our kids. But it can be very, very challenging. Especially kids are very curious and they ask a lot of questions. And parents get impatient about answering, especially answering questions that are repetitive over and over again. But if we get impatient, we're sending the signal to our children that their right to ask those questions are gonna be squashed. And in the future, they're, they're gonna have lower self-esteem. They're not gonna feel the freedom to be curious and to be able to be inquisitive and to then feel anxiety over just doing it right and not upsetting people. So I think it's really important that parents really put that focus on Patience, especially around when kids are maybe being repetitive or asking questions that that seem silly or that you think your kid should know that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Hey, do you remember uh, a few years ago we were watching a video that was uh, circulating around the internet? It had an adult son, maybe he was in his 30s, and a older father, maybe about 70 or 80. I think it was in an Eastern Bloc country, the language was maybe Romanian. They were sitting on a bench, um, and maybe outside their house. And the father, it seemed like he might have been in the stages of maybe Alzheimer's dementia, because he would be seeing a little bird on the ground, and he would ask his son, what is that? And his son was reading the paper, and he would say, a sparrow. And then 10 seconds later, 15 seconds later, his father would say, What is that? And the son would say, a sparrow. 15 seconds later, the father would look again and say, what is that? And the son got really frustrated and impatient. He says, a sparrow, a sparrow. And he was yelling and, and he got really frustrated. And the father just took a breath. He got up from the bench, went in the house. He came back out with a journal and he just gave it to his son and he pointed. And the son started reading. And it was his father's journal of saying, my little boy, beautiful little boy, he's seven years old and we are sitting on a bench outside and my son looked at the bird and asked me 15 times, what is that bird? And I lovingly kept telling him it was a sparrow and I loved that he kept asking and he was so curious. And at that time, the the son put down the, the journal and he just looked at the father and he hugged him and he kissed his forehead and and he had this moment of this realization. To me, I started crying. It was just so beautiful depiction around patience, patience with a loved one.
0: hmm that was a very sweet story.
1: Yeah. So I know that I don't want to regret and let my child have memories of me being impatient because I have a lot of memories at times of other people being impatient but my father I would say that my father was a patient person and so was my my grandfather I grew up around some patients and I have memories of people when they're not patient with me and boy did I take it personally
0: when I was a little kid I loved being around my dad I was around my mom all day long because she was at home but he was working so when he came home and in the weekends I liked to be around him and I would follow in his footsteps and help him out if there was any projects he was doing. And he was a handyman, so there was always something. So I just have some memories of helping him with a project where he asked me to go get a wrench and I didn't really know what a wrench was. So I went and got something. I was like, is it this? No, it's not. Then I would go get another tool. Is it this? No, it's not. And then, oh, he'll get a little impatient and describe it to me. And I got a little insecure and I couldn't find it. And then I finally found it, you know, and I was really nervous. Is it this? And yes, it was. And then I gave him the right thing. But there wasn't really any praise for then finally finding the right thing. But yet, every time he was doing a project, I always wanted to to help out. But I I felt a little insecure about, ooh, would I do it right? Mm.
1: And some of that safety was taken away, just being around him when he was being impatient?
0: Yeah, I I just wish that, you know, when he was doing these projects, he would mm, have included me a little more in a way, like also have a little conversation or asking me something, but he was so focused on the project.
1: Yeah, it wasn't really an interaction, or connection between both of you, because I've done projects with your dad too, and it's not like we have a conversation. He wanted wanted to just...
0: He was focused on fixing the project, yeah. yeah. And I was looking for connection.
1: And so that's what you look for when we're doing projects, because sometimes that triggers off in you when I get impatient about a project because sometimes I don't know how long our projects are going to go. You piece mail it to me like you used to in cooking so that you don't overwhelm me. But sometimes I'm not too sure how much I'm supposed to do. And I'm not a real handy guy. And so some of my impatience comes from my own insecurity and my lack of feeling adequate with my skill level. And sometimes you get that in my impatience.
0: Hmm, yeah.
1: Yeah. How do you like that? I disarmed you, didn't, <laughs> didn't I, about that? Because that is what that is. what's underneath my impatience, is my feeling of my inadequacy.
0: Well, what I want to say is that when we do these handyman, handywoman projects together, which I love to do, but I just don't have the physical strength to do all their parts of the project, so I need to ask your help. And you don't like doing handyman projects, unfortunately. I love doing it. But I need your help. And you seem a little impatient. How how was
1: I today now? How was I today when we were down in the garden?
0: Yeah, you were calm.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: That was really pleasant to be around.
1: Yeah, I meditated this morning, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But it's not always no. so pleasant to do projects with you because you seem to want them over with before we even have begun.
1: Yeah, I got to really work on that, like knowing that when we are doing a project and even if it's something that I'm worried that I'm not going to do it just right because of my inadequacies, that it's just about connecting with you. It's just about, and you're so good at doing these projects that you're going to go ahead and modify it anyway. And I, I like the same kind of a little bit of the reciprocity when we're working on the computer because when we're working on something that has to do with maybe finances or the computer, you have a challenge with, with patience with me. And sometimes it's just, I just want to connect with you and just show you some ways that we need to do something that we have to fill out some forms and I want you to know how to do it and so that you don't have to rely on me to do it all the time. And you have a challenge with computer work. You're impatient. Sometimes I gotta tell you, honey, let the computer do its thing. It's gotta go all the way up to space and back when it's on the internet. You know, just give it a little time. You you get impatient with um, machines.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm very impatient with my computer.
1: How, How about the printer? And printer. Yeah.
0: And phone, and all those things there. Yeah. Plus we have slow internet. Yeah. So it's really frustrating and it really acts up on my impatience.
1: Yeah. And that's when you swear. I get to hear you swear because you don't swear so much. Mm -hmm. I can
0: really go on a roll (laughs) when it comes to the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Not acting the way I want it to. Yeah. And then you try to explain to me what to do and I can't take it in at all all at that point there, because I am flooded, I guess it's called, and flustered, and really annoyed with the computer. And you bring over your patience, and you come over, and I'm really like impressed by you. Mm. You stay calm, Mm. and you come over and you say, honey, let me check this out, and you Always fix it. See, there you are a handyman when it comes to computer and the phone.
1: Well, I'm not a big computer guy, but I, I think I, I got a little more skills than you do, and I always feel like a hero when I know that I can when I can fix something that's so simple. And to you, it's like a magician. So I like to be put on that pedestal when I do something, and you're like, how did you do that? You're incredible. And I'm like, yeah, I like to hear that. I like getting that. So it behooves me to have patience in that way because I know that you're gonna give me a lot of kudos.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm really impressed with you and I always think you're a magician when it comes to the electronics.
1: But how does that sound, folks? Doesn't that sound like uh, something typical that you might have in your own relationship around these mundane things, especially right now when we're home, spending so much time together. It's all of these little things that have opportunities to either be impatient, that takes away love, or to be patient That actually fuels love and i think that that's where we have to be really mindful and understand that in those micro moments that we're interacting like that it's our chance to show up with patience and kindness and therefore connection or we can flare up with impatience irritability defensiveness and that's going to take away love and it's going to pile and compile and um, there's going to be a pressure cooker And some people are even having so much impatience that they're even second guessing whether they should be in relationship with the person or not. They start questioning about compatibilities. And yeah, there is some realities around that. But some of it comes from some lack of of patience, meaning to take a pause.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it definitely has a lot to do about respecting our differences. like. With me being such a handy woman and growing up with a handyman dad, I have expectations of you being a handyman, but you are not. And I gotta respect our differences and have patience with you and, you know, forgive you.
1: I grew up with a dad that had an eight track cassette recorder in his car. I'm dating myself right now, back in the 70s, an eight track cassette recorder. And when it didn't work, this is how handy my dad was. He kept a hammer underneath his his seat in the car, and he would bang it with the hammer until it stopped skipping. That's how I learned. That's what I learned about fixing stuff. I do. Mm, I do crazy. that. That's what I do to the DVD player, right?
0: <laughs> Gosh, yeah. That's how we handle our DVD player,
1: but you gotta, with our
0: fingers, though, but yeah. uh, tapping. Right.
1: <laughs> But that's, that's the kind of a little bit what I grew up with, which is very different than you grew up with. So some of my feelings, of, again, of inadequacy. And I think that happens with relationships around feeling emotionally inadequate of handling a situation. We get more impatient when we get defensive or when we start getting accusatory. I think some of it is feeling inadequate of being able to emotionally handle. When I know and I'm grounded in my feeling of adequacy, of handling an emotional challenge in our relationship, I'm patient. But when I feel out of sorts because of not feeling skilled at times, then there's more impatience. And I see that in my client work a lot. People get really impatient because they don't have the skills. And when we have more skills and know how to handle our stress and anxiety especially, we are going to be more patient and fuel that connectivity.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, frustration is something we all get to experience and it's okay. It's not something to be ashamed about or feeling guilt about. We do feel frustration. We feel many kinds of things and it's okay. As long as we don't take it out on each other.
1: Yeah. I think patience is necessary if we are to see the best in each other. It's needed to keep our relationship meaningful and inspiring. And in fact, if one isn't making a good, focused, like conscious effort to learn to appreciate their loved one more every day, then they can't expect their relationship to grow. And I think that's exactly how it is, is the mainstay of growth, is to be able to look and take the effort to appreciate our loved one not to be impatient and look at the flaws.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotta look at the charming parts and, and find charm in what is not charming.
1: Yeah, because with impatience, I think that uh, those relationships that have a lot of impatience lose its joy and also lose it the meaning. The essential connection is lost.
0: Mm. I think it's important to use humor and to have a laugh. At ourselves and each other, you know, these silly repetitive things that we do and make a little fun of it. Yeah.
1: And I also think that it's this skill of like knowing when to also say things and not. For instance, me as a as a counselor, I intuitively have the sense of when to intervene, when to say something when to give an insight that maybe somebody's not open. I got to be patient to see, are they open for this insight or this offering? Because if not, it can go awry. So I'm, I'm cultivating patience a lot in my daily work with people of when and how to say things. And I use the patience of whether somebody is really open to be able to receive it. And I think we need to do that in our partnerships also instead of shoving it down each other's throat just because I need to say something, I know that you may not be open to it because you're frustrated or you have stress right now. It's not the time for me to stress something just because I need to say it. I need to have patience and to be able to uh, say it when I know that uh, it's going to be a win for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, timing has a lot to do with it. And I also think it is impatient um, important to say if there's something that is really annoying, you know, to to say how I feel about it and what I really would like to happen, so that we can have a discussion about it.
1: Yeah, I think it's imperative that that people talk about it because if they don't. That's where it gets squashed, right? The pressure, they push it down, and then it's gonna come out. And then the other person's gonna go, what the hell? Where did that come from? Why are you being so impatient? It's because people are not talking it through. They're not putting out their needs. They're not putting out complaints in a way that the other person can hear it. And then it just comes out as criticism and blame.
0: Mm -hmm. That's also where this, the passive aggressive comes like, we're patient and passive for so long and then all of a sudden we've stuffed it under the rug for too long and then it explodes instead of if we have brought it up for discussion before it got to the explosive point. Yeah.
1: So showing your partner more patience, it definitely can inspire them to be more patient with you. And who doesn't want that? So... One way to get more patience from your partner, of course, is to give more patience to them. I know that that works in our relationship when we do that.
0: Oh, it certainly do. And you have been such an inspiration to me Mm. with your patience. And when you're patient with me, I want to give that back to you. It's a kindness and it's an act of love. Mm. You're role modeling that to me.
1: Thanks for saying that, that feels good. So people tend to it, nurture it. I know it's really challenging right now. There is so much to be fearful of and scared and the unknown, but we have to watch the barometer of how that gets out of hand with our lack of patience to the people that we love the most. And these are the people that we need to give it the most. So take a little pause for yourself, so that you can also have more space to allow and have more tolerance for the loved ones that you're sharing the space with right now.
0: Breathe.
1: Yeah, that helps. That big breath helps for that pause. Okay, everybody. We hope you make yourselves a beautiful week. Relationships. Let's talk about it is a
0: production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC, of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor, Pripo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and Does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, let's talk about it, is produced by Oxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today faster and easier. Try it for free at oxbus.com. That's A U X B U S dot com. Oxbus.